Welcome to episode number 336 of Destination Linux, your favorite video podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm Michael. And I'm Jill. In this week's episode, we discuss something really interesting, the banning of social media. Now, I know a lot of you are thinking right now, thank God, this is exactly <laughs> what I want. But I'm Who telling you- social media, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know this is not exactly a topic that people are going to freak out about in our audience necessarily, but you got to listen. You got to listen to what we're going to talk about because I found this fascinating. The EFF's even involved. This is a big freaking deal. It's They're not involved necessarily- in well, you gotta wait for the you gotta wait for the topic, Michael. Oh, okay, okay. You're trying to jump ahead. I'm not gonna do it. You gotta wait. Fine, wait. fine. We'll wait. Yes, and then we're gonna discuss some new competition for Rel, and then we have some breaking, breaking news. Like literally, we found out right before yeah. we started the show that we're gonna share with you on this topic. Plus, we have our tips, tricks, and software picks. All of this coming up right now. Let's get this show on the road to destination Linux. Our feedback this week comes from True Grits. He says, longtime Destination Linux listener, first time contacting y'all. I would love the ability to message you directly from my podcast player. That's kind of cool, but I don't think that's a thing. Maybe it is. It needs to be a thing. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll look into it. So he goes on to say, while I am primarily a Firefox user, there comes the rare occasion when a Chrome-based browser has to be used. Uh, unfortunately, I... Have experienced that myself. We know. Yes, we're yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we uh, in which case, I use Vivaldi after hearing your interview with them a couple of years ago. Nice. Uh, you have covered privacy respecting search engines in the past, and I noticed that Vivaldi's search engine options, uh, they have a search engine named Ecosia. I think that's how you say it. I'm not sure. They claim to be a privacy respecting search engine that uses ad revenue to plant trees. My first thought was, wait, if they're selling ads, they must be selling my data because that's what people expect these days, right? But it appears not. They seem to use the same ad model that DuckDuckGo uses by selling ads that are based on the actual search, not based on user data. Have you heard of the search engine? And I would love to hear the Destination Linux take on it. I heard about this a while ago, I feel like. I feel like it was a while ago. Maybe I'm confusing it with another one where they would plant trees as well. I think it was a part I think of Ecosia. I think this is the only one I've seen that does that. But yeah. I, I've seen Ecosia multiple times. I've used it a little bit and it works fine. You know, I think it's got some other search engines in the back end that it makes it work, but I think it's a cool idea at least, you know? Yeah. I, I think it's interesting because it's a really cool concept. Number one, to have kind of this, I don't know, social movement that goes along with something as simple as browsing. And if you think about it, I think Microsoft and other being in things has like a Bing rewards or something where you get to buy stuff, right? Buy more stuff if you search enough and can win. I didn't know that. Maybe stuff. I'll use Bing then. <laughs> no, uh -oh. Michael. That's not the point. It's privacy. <laughs> oh. oh. Jeez. You're so easily bought. My goodness, man. <laughs> so, you know, I, I like the idea of the trees, you know, planting the trees and things like this. From a yes. privacy standpoint, they have a privacy policy that's fantastic. And it says all of the right things. I read the privacy policy this week. I've not used it to answer the question up front, but it says all the right things. It's a it's a trust question, though. I'm not saying it's not trustworthy, and I'm not saying not to use it, but sometimes people can say the right things, but then they end up doing something different, and generally time is the best friend of some of these services. And that's why I still use DuckDuckGo, so the question of what do I use, just because it's had enough time to kind of prove itself, mm -hmm. and there's been very little you know, blips in that history of DuckDuckGo. I'm not saying they're perfect, but very little blips overall. 
in there. And so that's the one I continue to use, but you've got it on my radar again, because it was on my radar back in the day. Now it's kind of back there. I think it's interesting. So it looks like it did launch back in 2009. So I was right. That's been around for a minute. Yeah. Um, and I think it's cool. Vivaldi uses it. I love Vivaldi. If I'm going to use a Chrome-based browser, I think Vivaldi is a fantastic choice of one to use, and they're doing a lot of cool things over there. And I'm really glad that you enjoyed the uh, interview with the CEO, and that made you want to check it out. Because yes, like you, we are also forced at times to utilize a Chrome-based browser. So yes, yeah. unfortunately, it happens. So Jill, have you used Ecosia? Yes, I actually had noticed Ecosia when using Vivaldi as well, and it, it's been on my radar for quite a few years. But I kept forgetting to use it, and I just added it uh, as an add-on to Firefox to sync with all my installs, and we'll include it in an, in Vivaldi as well. Nice. Yeah. So I thank you so much for writing in and bringing Ecosia back to my attention and for being a longtime Destination Linux user, uh, listener. End user. End yeah, user. use our yes. show to listen to it. Exactly. Yeah. Use our like show to user. experience the awesomeness that is Linux and the Destination to it. Works, it works both yeah. ways. For sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I'm so happy, True Grits, you're using Vivaldi you know, from watching our interview with the Vivaldi CEO, John Stevenson von Teichner on Destination Linux episode 243. So for those of you who haven't checked it out, make sure to give that one a watch. Definitely check out that episode. And also, I just want to point out that to Ryan, you see how well she pronounced it. I think she was trying to show off. <laughs> yeah. Pronouncing yeah. his name. Like she knew I couldn't. She knew I wasn't going to read that line. She did but, it perfectly, though. Yeah, I, I think Ecosia is is a is a cool idea, and I have used it a little bit. I probably should use it more. I just sometimes forget about it and that sort of thing. Uh, but if you use it, you can get used to it, and maybe you know the the trust factor can build there, so you can Ecosia up to Ecosia. Oh, oh man. the whole thing was that's built good, for a dead. That's, it yeah, well was. Done. I mean, not the whole thing, but the last part was for sure. Let me be clear too. So I want people to try this. Go try it out. When I when I was saying with that is this is still a million times better than Google or Bing oh, or yeah. any of those other choices. So we're totally comparing it to DuckDuckGo, yes. not the exactly. ones that are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So please continue to use this. And thank you again for sending in your community feedback. This show has a community feedback section every single week. And it's awesome because somebody out there takes the time to write us an email and tell us their thoughts on the things going on in the show. So it makes as much as your show as it is ours. So please continue to send in your feedback. We love hearing from you in the community. What do you think about the idea of letting people send in like audio clips? I know. Respond. You sent this idea to me while I was at work today. That's and I was I thinking cool. about it. And I'm like, definitely going to get a lot of trolls. Definitely going to get a lot of trolls. But that <laughs> sure. would be funny. And might I mean, make it, my day. Because yeah. sometimes it'd be good. So I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some backfire. But we, you know... Who knows? But it, it then could I be thought, cool still. if we play it on the show, what are we supposed to do while they're talking? Like, kind of just sit there and stare at each other through the camera? Like, <laughs> we could have we, a waveform that listen. shows the the message or whatever, or we could just be like dancing the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we dance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, not dance, but flail flail around. You know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> kind of close to and dancing. Speaking of ideas that these two had before we started the show, they scared me. They said we're. We're switching the show over to cover Windows. I'm like, oh, it was like so an April boring. Fool's joke, way <laughs> out of date. As soon as she joined, we were like, "Listen, we've decided to change the format of the show. We're now going to talk about Windows exclusively." And Jill was like, looking at us, like, you know, 
I'm nice, but I'm not that nice. We're, yes, we're not, we're not, I'm not accepting this. This episode of Destination Linux is sponsored by Linbit. Linbit has been keeping digital businesses running for over 20 years. They're the makers of open source products like DRBD, which is high availability software that has been part of the Linux kernel since 2010, and Linstore, industry-leading open source software-defined storage. Linbit has an active presence in the open source community, and they collaborate with the community to help identify and build new features. Linbit provides enterprise-grade software that runs on a variety of platforms and OSs without vendor lock-in. What that means is, is that you could choose the software on any platform, including specific hardware that you want to use or just off-the-shelf hardware that you get and connect it. You get, all of this stuff can be interchanged really easily. And with DRBD and Linstore, you can have high-speed replicated block storage in almost any configuration. Whether it's Kubernetes, Apache Cloud, or Open Nebula, there's even DRBD proxy for long-distance replication. Linbit is run by its founders to this day, and all of its engineers and developers are in-house with offices in Europe and North America, which allows them to have global 24-7 support to complement their enterprise offerings. Visit linbit.com to learn more about the people behind Linbit and the awesome software for block storage, duplication, and more. So earlier in the show, Michael kept trying to get me to skip to this section, but it's time, Michael. You don't have to get me to skip anymore. We're going to talk about what I yes. said we were going to talk about. We're going to talk about banning social media and why it's important oh, that we oh. do that, right? No, we're not. We're no? not on this side. Well, you're going to. Well, you pick oh. a side. I'll tell you the sides, and you tell. But this actually has an impact into people's lives overall. Because you may be like, "Why are they talking about social media?" Well, I'm going to tell you why we're talking about social media here. Because this has to do with an element of free speech. What's happening here? There's some news that Montana is going to be the first state to ban TikTok. It's actually not just news. They have a law that's going effect that's going to ban yes. TikTok starting January 1st, 2024. Oh. But just for the state of Montana. So users there, if they want to continue using TikTok, will have to use VPN access or stop using it altogether. Now, this makes me excited. TikTok's banned. I hate <laughs> This platform, like it's Speaking not of something which people go to tiktok.com slash destination Linux and you can enjoy our that's TikToks. Michael's fault. Yeah, when you send in the email, that's Michael's fault who built the TikTok, not, not me. That's Ryan talking right here. All right, so the, anyways, I'm not a fan of TikTok or I'm any of these social media clear. platforms, and I, I would venture to guess most of our audience is it either, but I am a huge fan of EFF. And when I saw the news that EFF was fighting against this ban. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. What's happening here? Why would the EFF, a company for privacy, one of the biggest companies out there to fight the privacy fight, saying this is wrong to ban TikTok? And why am I going to suddenly switch sides and be for TikTok here? And it actually, you could tell it hurts his soul. It's hurting me to, to yes. do that. Like, right now, it's yeah. hurting me. Defending TikTok. <laughs> you, never, you never thought you'd be thinking about that, did you, I didn't Ryan? think I'd be here at any point in my life defending <laughs> TikTok and saying you're not supposed to ban it. And, you know, the reason that EFF is on the side of TikTok in this case is because they've not made a case as to why they're banning TikTok yeah. that justifies people losing their freedom of communication. So this is a freedom of speech fight in EFF's mind. Because you can't just go ban an application entirely without having some proof to say, because people out there, well, it's an app in China. It's an app in China that collects data. Okay, well, do we have laws that prevent that? No. 
then what are they doing wrong? Are they doing the same thing as Instagram, Facebook, all of these other social media apps? Yep. And so, but you're going to pick out TikTok and ban it specifically yeah. out of all of them without Picking providing a, a case app. why. Yeah, it's so weird that they're doing this. But also you said, do we have laws against it? The answer to that is no, except asterisk. And that is California does True. have a law that relates to your privacy and being able to get it taken off of websites and stuff like that. And I have on many occasions seen websites and services that say, oh, we comply with the GDPR and with California's blah, blah, blah. And if you're not in any of those jurisdictions, we're going to keep everything. Like the fact that they have the systems built in and don't give the option to the person who is not in those jurisdictions shows a little bit of a sketchy vibe to me. Yeah. And we need to have the, not necessarily the California thing, because I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how that stuff works, but something like it expanded across like federally, because that way you'd actually accomplish something rather than just specifically targeting one company because you feel icky about it. I think it's a good point. The GDPR from California, I've heard, has lots of holes and issues with it. Still, better than nothing. Better than I what think. we have. I think it's nothing. still better than nothing. And I think other country, other states could come in and actually improve upon it and release something like Montana could have done that instead and said, hey, TikTok as a result of our privacy laws, along with Instagram, Facebook, and all the others who abuse mm -hmm. people's privacy, all have to conform to these laws. And if you don't, then you can't have your app here. And that would be okay. But I'm curious, Jill. I'm fired up on this. Yeah. I'm mad. I'm angry. Yeah. I'm going to go punch a wall over this. <laughs> I love my TikTok. Don't you dare. I'm not even in Montana. But Jill, what do you think about this whole situation? Oh, boy. I think this is ironic. Montana is banning the use of TikTok that is created in a country, China, that is actually run by the Chinese Communist Party. Montana's blocking TikTok is in itself a communist act. In my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's an interesting way of looking at yeah. it. And many of our politicians really do not understand how the internet and social media even work. No, they and they no shouldn't be the decision makers in the courts regarding these issues. For sure. <laughs> they also shouldn't be involving technology when they have a trouble pushing the power button yeah. to their devices. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly. But who do you think is advising the government officials on this? I guarantee you it's lobbyists for things like Facebook, competitors Instagram, yeah, TikTok, competitors. because they don't want, TikTok's wildly successful. You can call it what you want, a privacy nightmare, disaster, pile of crap, but it still is wildly successful. A time and, vampire. That's all and it's thing. more successful in a lot of ways than all of these other apps uh, out there, especially with the younger audiences now that they've trapped, like Facebook and stuff. You know, the demographics for it are not the demographics that they're going for to utilize Facebook and stuff. So they're losing their demographics and they're losing it to TikTok. And it just makes sense that we have government officials who know nothing about technology, but they have advisor lobbyists who tell them, hey, you got to get rid of TikTok. I imagine if you followed the money, I haven't, I just imagine it smells funny. If you followed the money, there would be some lobbyists somewhere there in Montana, maybe possibly pushing this. Or there is a very valid case for why TikTok should be banned because they're doing something entirely illegal with people's information and then simply let the American people know about it. And then you can go ahead and pass that law if you want, and then go ahead and pass it for the entire United States so that we're all protected. I mean, pass yeah. it for more than just one app. But yeah. that's the yeah. case EFF's making. They're not saying you can't do this or maybe even you shouldn't do this. They're saying from a freedom of speech standpoint, you've made no case as to why you're taking TikTok 
itself and saying they can't do this. So I, I want to put this in the context for people, though. So I took a look at the iOS apps for both Instagram and TikTok. Because when you say TikTok, a lot of privacy enthusiasts and people freak out and are like, oh my gosh, that's a privacy nightmare. So first, I'm going to tell you about TikTok and some of the information that it grabs based on what iOS is saying that they're capturing. So it's saying they're linking data to you based on purchases, your location, your contacts, your search history, identifiers. Whatever that which is. That's very generic, right? It yeah. could be anything. Diagnostics financial info, contact info, your user content, your browsing history, and your usage data. I went to Instagram and expected- It must be so much better. Maybe so like better. one thing, <laughs> only talking about the identifiers, whatever that is. Yeah, except it's all of those things I just mentioned that TikTok oh. had, plus sensitive info, other data and your health and fitness information. I like how it literally says sensitive info. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're curious about how much personal data they're taking from you, it literally says sensitive info. So Montana, first of all, I love your state. It's absolutely gorgeous. Visited yeah. several times. Uh, unbelievable. However, Montanians out there, your government, like all of our other governments, are stupid. And <laughs> the, I think they're going to agree, as everyone would for everyone's government. Yes, like all governments are just stupid. and But this is especially stupid, not because couldn't do something like this, but there's no case made. And when you look at apps like Instagram and this other stuff, we are not protected as a whole. We need protection, privacy, security, protection as a whole, especially for our kids and things out there and, and college students who don't understand the impacts yet. Because you know, college students are very smart. Young people are very smart. The brains aren't fully formed yet. They don't think all the consequences. I know I was one once, hundred years ago, and same. I didn't think about those <laughs> consequences like either. Is why? And you know, we got to protect people. That's what governments are supposed to kind of do: is protect people. You know, and Instagram, Facebook, all of this is just pure garbage. I don't think it's fair to pick on TikTok. Uh, I'm on the side with EFF, and I support TikTok. Yeah. Don't use you, that you, as a soundbite at me. Don't at me with that soundbite. <laughs> and now he is guaranteed it. <laughs> Defending TikTok because they the case against them is non-existent, totally reasonable. Yeah. I also think it's interesting because some people are looking at this and saying they should just ban all of social media. And in some ways, there would be pros to that. But also, of course, there'd be negatives because what are they going to stop at then? At that point, what are they going to stop at? You know, they could just start banning everything. And it's not like Ooh, we need slope. them. They, sure, but they, it's not the mo most important piece is not that. Most important is that they're basically saying the people in Montana are, are not smart enough to make the choice themselves. Like we have to take over and say, oh, you can't use TikTok. And Really what I, I've now come to the conclusion that we're going to make a Destination Linux VPN exclusively for Montana. And they're going <laughs> to be able to sign up and still use whatever application they want. So we're going to be, you're saying Destination Linux is going to build the bridge between Montana and TikTok. That's exactly. Our, that's going to be our mission. People, at a yeah. principle. At a principle. Hey, my mother-in-law and my husband's family all, all lived and grew up in Montana. In fact, they owned yeah. quite a bit of land there. Beautiful so state. maybe I can talk to them. Some government. <laughs> 
So uh, J- Jill's family lobbyist. We're gonna we're depending yeah. on you. Yeah. To fix this. <laughs> Jill, no. if we fund your family as a lobbyist group to go against these other lobbyists out there, I think Jill's family would win. You know, and easily. that's what we use the money from the VPN. See, oh, yeah, it oh. all people comes donate to the <laughs> yes. VPN bridge for TikTok. Yeah, you know, I I struggle with this because you you mentioned, hey, don't tell me what to do, and in, in a lot of ways, you're right. You're 100 percent right. On some aspects, though, I do feel like these companies do things that are so nefariously done behind the scenes with people's data. That's true, yeah. And Cambridge Analytica would be a perfect example of things being done behind the scenes that nobody had. But once that stuff's exposed, that's when you're like, hey, we've let these companies go too far. Let's put some rules in place to stop that from happening. I mean, that was great. You you remember the reaction that everybody had and the response that the government did in place rules and regulations related to, oh, wait, that didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. And so we're kind of in this situation where what I think is needed is comprehensive privacy laws, not just for TikTok, but all social companies, social media companies, and everyone needs to follow. Yeah. Anybody who collects data from their customers, they should they should allow the user or the customer to have control over their data because yes, there are certain things that wouldn't be personal. And I think that kind of data is okay to have, you know, aggregate data of anonymous stuff. And you don't have to worry about that being, you know, removed and that sort of stuff because you can just collect it and not have it being identifying. But when they specifically say sensitive info, maybe that should be considered. I mean, it's yeah. so generic, some of these terms too. Like, what are they actually taking? And, and, and Apple generally data. does <laughs> a better job than Android in reporting what these apps do because Android, as I understand it, is self-reported from the developers now. So they mm. get to self-report what they take from you. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's interesting is on our web browsers, how, how transparent all the websites have to be about cookies. Yeah. Now we need that for the apps. And those apps well, are just links to the websites. <laughs> it's funny so. because the the website cookie thing is so abundantly annoying. I know. And is so rampant that people <laughs> just ignore it anyway, defeating its entire purpose of uh-huh. protecting the user. So it's it's become the people who just like the whole click okay and move on. That's yeah. what it is. And the cookie stuff isn't about you know, just Speak having for bare- yourself. I always take the time to go strictly necessary cookies. Only. I do that as well, but no, I'm you saying don't. You the just mainstream. said it's become an okay thing. You just confessed you're an okay clicker. I and said an okay the clicker is some of the worst human I beings. Said I said the know. mainstream. Anyway, you're dead okay to me. Clicker. So yes. the point is, <laughs> if people are going to be bombarded with these kinds of things, that's a, a bad idea too. Mm-hmm. But the cookie system is now to the point where people have just accepted it. And that was because of, I'm pretty sure, European laws that forced yes. websites EU, to deal with yeah. it. And now every website does it just because they they don't <laughs> know if their users are from the EU or not. So they just you know assume that they might be. And it's it's an interesting dilemma because how far do you go with this? And I think that there is a such thing as too far and just banning an app because you feel like it is too it's far. It's way too far. <laughs> but I also am for something. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Michael Perfect. is for something, people. He's an okay clicker. I have taken so take a stand, the stand, people. I have result. taken a stand. And that stand is something. You're an okay. So you heard it here first from the okay clicker. And you can decide who you... 
What's I'm okay? <laughs> you're 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 okay. I'm very careful. I actually do yeah. read. Me too, Jill. The, the, I'd read too. Michael He's clearly making it up. Not, I'm not an okay clicker. You're I an okay you're clicker. Not. I'm an Those essentials are the worst only. humans I know. My favorite is when I go to a website and it says reject all. Like, yeah. thank you. Well done. There's thieves. There's lawyers. There's the government, and then there's okay clickers. I put yeah. them all in the same basket. People, you know, and soft Cheeto eaters. Oh, gosh, oh, Cheeto eaters are the worst. Hey, I know <laughs> Ryan doesn't like orange-covered styrofoam that yes, I've learned. Exactly. <laughs> also, in a previous episode, for those who are not long-term <laughs> listeners, we're coming up with a list of the things that Ryan doesn't like. Also, one of the top list is pin chewers. Pin cap oh, chewers? Pin don't. chewers. Oh, no. yeah, 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 that's not. I just have to bring that up, man. I was almost my- getting <laughs> back ready and getting a good mood after this whole TikTok debacle. <laughs> and then you mentioned the pen chewers. There's that's because that's what you yes. get for, for calling me an okay clicker when I am not sorry. <laughs> okay clicker. I am By the not. way, one final stat here. For you pen chewers, none of these numbers will make any sense because you chew your pen, so you can't comprehend numbers. But TikTok has 100 million monthly users in the United States and a billion users worldwide. And according to Pew, 67% of U.S. teenagers use TikTok and 10% of adults regularly get their news there. That's dangerous. That I mean, as far as getting news from TikTok, yeah. yes, that's <laughs> terrifying. Absolutely. But that's getting how, getting entertainment from TikTok that kind of makes sense. But, but getting frankly, news, that's the result of how all of our news organizations have terribly failed us. That people trust social media more than they trust the actual news sites. Yeah, that's a whole other issue, though. Maybe a different yeah. episode. Make sure you tune in, unless you're a pen chewer. But we want to hear from you. We want to know what <laughs> your thoughts are. On banning social media sites individually and how should this situation be handled? Maybe you don't agree with Jill in her very strong stance for TikTok. But Jill <laughs> loved TikTok. I, she she has told us on, in offline before we started. Like uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. We're learning things we shouldn't learn. I like how we just start making up stuff. and then Am I the only one who doesn't career? use TikTok out of all of you? I don't use TikTok. I post on TikTok. There's a difference. Aww. That's the way I treat most social media, except for like Mastodon and stuff. You do it for business stuff. That's yeah, I, do it for, I do it for marketing and that sort of thing. But yeah. I also, I mean, there's, yeah. there's Mastodon. I still, I use that. I, I like it for entertainment, like the dance challenges. That's something yeah. we need to do on our TikTok. Yes. Ryan, we yeah. need to do some You'll dance never challenges. never get me on TikTok. For sure. <laughs> Michael, listen, Come you're on. like honest Abe. So People, I'm going to ask you this if question. If you want us to do a a dance challenge, let us know in the comments and send the feedback and, and we'll make sure yeah. Ryan does it. Ryan does the dance challenge. I got a question for you, Michael, and you okay. have to be honest. I, I will try. I okay. Will try. You have to be honest. You okay. say you use it for just business purposes, but have you ever at any point after posting one of your business posts also scrolled the feed? No. Really? No. Because, and this is completely honest, after posting the, the post, I'm done and I close the app. However, when I didn't have to have an account many, many months ago and you could just mm-hmm. scroll randomly, infinitely, without being actually connected to anything, yeah, I did a little bit. <laughs> all right, all right. This is the TikTok confessionals. Sometimes here, folks. there is funny things. And just how like Instagram Reels has some funny clips yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's some value there. Disappointed in both not a lot of it. There's not a lot. But there is some value. And yeah. there's also a ton of value when you go to TikTok.com slash Destination Linux and Instagram.com slash Destination Linux if you want. All right, Michael, I'm I'm excited to hear about this next story because not only was it interesting in itself, 
but we've got this breaking news element of it. Tell me about what's happening again with Red Hat. How is Red Hat doing making friends lately? Red Hat has made a lot of friends years ago. Many years ago, they made a lot of friends. (laughs) Currently, they're not making that many. And they seem to continuously release new information that annoys other companies in the space. And there has been companies coming together Mm -hmm. to create the Open Enterprise Linux Association, which is being made by SUSE, Oracle, and CIQ. Now, this is an association that has the intent to be a 501c6, which is kind of good. It's not that yet, but they said that they are trying to do that. So I guess that that's good part. And they say the goal of the foundation is to be the community repository for enterprise Linux sources. They state on their site, no subscriptions, no passwords, Ooh. no barriers, Ooh. and freeloaders are welcome. Whoa, oh. whoa. Was that a shot at Destination Linux? Because, you know, we got some heat for the whole freeloaders thing when we were well, talking. Well, we didn't say freeloaders. We, yeah. we used the word parasite Parasites. for some of the companies. <laughs> You're right. That wasn't a... Uh, that wasn't, that wasn't us. us. Apparently, there was yeah. some uh, issues with Red Hat saying the term freeloader. But I it's funny. You. Never mind. Carry on. It is funny because there are some elements that... The arguments are kind of odd in the sense of we're going to keep enterprise Linux sources, which made me kind of laugh at the fact that they're just saying that Red Hat is now just enterprise Linux. They're they're not competing. They're just admitting that the enterprise Linux is Red Hat. Let me ask you a question on that, because to me, when I read this, I kind of get the idea that they're still going to use Red Hat source code at, at some That's level. That's the whole purpose of this. And then yeah. just yeah. repackage it, but they're now all doing it together as an association. But yeah. it's still Red Hat's code. They're not like going to go create their own enterprise version of Linux that's now going to you know, right. potentially be really good competition for RHEL. They're just going to use RHEL's code. They're creating an organization to collaborate on the duplication of RHEL. That is effectively what hmm. it is. How long do you think it took them to come up with the name Open Enterprise Linux Association? If somebody was on that committee, can you write us and let us know? Was it like instantaneous they came up with the name or did they spend weeks coming up with that name? That would be fascinating for me to know just because I always wonder how they come up with the names for stuff. Anyways, not pertinent to the story at all. It's just, you know, Open Enterprise Linux Association. How long did it take? I'm curious too. Maybe a couple of days, maybe three meetings. How many conference calls, WebEx calls? And also, take? are we supposed to say it as, as Open ELA or Open ELA? Like, open ELA. We need, oh, we need yeah. some more clarification on this. By the way, we're, we're having a little fun with the story, but I think it's fine what this foundation did. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not against it. I mean, yeah, it's weird sure. to me in a way. I, I got to be honest, like this whole, and maybe I'm not getting it and that's fine. I don't have to get everything. I don't really have a... Um, I don't know what they call it, an arm in this game, a leg in this game, skin in this foot. What is the saying? Okay, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Our arm but, in this game. <laughs> uh, skin in the game is what you're saying. Skin, yes. I don't have the skin in the game. But yeah. dog in this fight is what I would say because I've, I don't have I've, a dog in the fight. There you go. <laughs> yes. I don't have a dog in this fight, but yeah. it's just strange to me of like you get all of these big companies to come together to take another company's code to repackage it why not just create your own thing? Like these are talented companies. These are people sure. with extraordinary SUSE. Come on, like extraordinary. T- just make your own thing. 
I mean, they already make their own thing, and it seems like promote that. You know, it's it's just that's it's, what I mean. Like, have them all focus yeah. on that one thing Susa already does, and make it grow and, and beat out Rel and, and do it with all of this cool stuff of no passwords, no barriers, and no parasite or parasites welcome. Yeah, thing <laughs> <laughs> or parasites welcome. So it's funny because they're trying to say that they want people to be freeloaders on their stuff, but it's technically not their stuff necessarily. You can say that it forking is fine, and it is. It's totally fine if someone wants to fork something that is open source. That's how it works. But that doesn't mean that they get to promote themselves as if they are the creators of this thing when they are taking it and making a copy. That's the whole thing I have an issue with is people taking credit for stuff they didn't make. And I know people are going to say that, uh, what about all the open source stuff that Rails depended on? Well, they most of the time contribute to those things. And at the same time, they're not claiming to own any of it. They're not claiming that they made that stuff. They're making a package and then selling the package. These are people who are making a package of the same package, basically. Yeah, Yeah. so it's an interesting point, though. Like, is the Open Enterprise Linux Association, and maybe they will, I don't know, I didn't look at their FAQ for this because you brought this point up and I just thought about it, is are they going to contribute back upstream? Because that would make a big difference. If they're going to do all of this stuff, well, that's they, the thing. That's the interesting thing about this situation is Alma Linux is 100% contributing back upstream because they have already done it like within like the first few days of the announcement. Right. Yeah. And the concept of this association is to keep the ability to have a rail clones available to exist. And in order to be a rail clone, you don't do anything on top of it. You're just like the whole one-to-one compatible or bug-to-bug compatible is the idea that it's the exact same thing. And if it's the exact same thing, what is there to contribute? Well, maybe bug reporting and bug fixes and things like that would be beneficial if they did that. I would say it would be more community like feeling if they were, if they would add in that that's something that they're going to focus on too there. I think it's great. Actually, I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I don't have a Yeti cup in the cup holder, but what I'm saying is that... What about a sterling cup? Yes, I have a sterling, of course. In the <laughs> of course, oh, okay. But okay. Rel is terrible with communication. Yeah, I love Rel. Absolutely. I like Rel. But they're terrible with communication. And terrible. they clearly have not made many friends Aww. here with their recent decisions. And I understand why people got mad at the whole Rel original announcement with CentOS, being, CentOS Linux being replaced and no longer existing in the like I get why because technically speaking people thought themselves as being red hat customers in a way or at least red hat users by using centos because for many years centos was made by red hat and I get why people be annoyed by that so I don't want to dismiss any of that because if you had a huge deployment of your like company but it's not a huge deployment in terms of like mega corporations or anything just like it's a small business that you are maintaining yourself that has you know 15 to 25 systems for a single individual that's a lot of stuff to maintain so i would consider that huge on a personal like individual basis so i totally get why those people are annoyed what i don't see is why people are ignoring the copying concept because to me it's just interesting copying without contributing back well copying and also acting as if they are doing something that is grandiose when they're not really doing that much they're even back in back for before this change with the whole source code switch red hat themselves were removing the branding 
in the source code. It wasn't like they actually had to do, because that's a ton of work just to change the branding and just to change the name of the thing because you have to make sure that that doesn't conflict with any of the packages or creating any kind of uh, backfire. So it's a lot it's of so work. It's so easy, dude. You put it in a text file, you hit control F, you search for Red Hat and replace with blank or whatever your company's <laughs> name is. Yeah, it, it seems on, like that God. would be the case, but it is not, especially no. when the packages include the name of the thing that you're replacing and now you have a package that doesn't exist because you've changed it and didn't make the package. Yeah, There's, it's good there enough are things, for government work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just interesting because there are things that, that, it, that people are not considering how complicated is a process. And I still get why people are annoyed, but it's to me, it's interesting and a little amusing that people are ignoring the fact that we have this particular type of derivative in Linux that we call the clone. And I don't know of any other distro that's cloned outside of Rail. Like, I don't know of one. If you do know of one, please no, let me let know. Let me tell you about Clone OS. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, Rel is an awesome company, and it's a big company that's not great with communication. And, you know, that's... That's shocking, that's, right, Jill? That's, <laughs> that's never not happened shocking. before. <laughs> yes. And, you know, the formation of the OpenELA is a great idea to create more transparency and collaboration with the different distros. And yeah. um, there are actually other great distros that are real based that would be good to have as part of this new open source enterprise Linux community. And one is... HPE's ClearOS. They have they have something unique. They have really good web web based automation tools mm. in, in their OS. So that's cool. that's, that's you know very important. And another one is Huawei's Eulure OS. And I was I was looking more into Eulure OS. They use it on the back end for customer support. So it's very important. And these companies all should be part of this consortium. There you go. I mean, I, I noticed Alma isn't there, which is interesting because I think as far as class-wise, Alma's handled this whole situation the best, in my opinion. But I'm not against this formation. I support this. I think they need to, obviously, they have to dedicate resources to support and maintain and stick to these values they're saying they have of allowing anyone to use, distribute, resell the code, do whatever they want with it. And... Frankly, I think it's going to make Enterprise Linux stronger having these companies together if they can truly work together. And sometimes it's really easy to come up with the concept of, hey, we're all going to work together on this thing. And it's really hard to get people to dedicate the same amount of resources and things to make that happen. But I, I think competition is a good thing. So let's see what happens. Like this yep. may be the thing that makes RHEL better. Yeah. Because if this company is successful, RHEL is going to have to make some changes and step up. And this could be the very thing that pushes Whoa, it Ryan, so, yeah. Ryan, Ryan, don't suggest Rel make changes. Don't. Oh, yeah, my bad. Perfect. <laughs> Sorry. Perfect way you are. Yeah. yeah, yeah just, just be be your thing. Just stick to it. We, we, we already liked what it was. We don't have to change anything else. Yeah. But um, seriously, though, I, I agree that it's cool that they're making something like this because I do think that competition is important because competition is what creates drive and innovation. So... I'm not against this organization. I just think that they're doing something that's kind of funny and I'll point it out. So, I mean, Michael doesn't have a hair in these scissors. Sure, whatever. <laughs> that's true in the way that you meant it and also in that it makes no sense. So, <laughs> whose scissors you. are we talking about, Ryan? Jill, don't ask questions about my beautiful quotable quotes <laughs> that I do on the show, okay? There are going to be t-shirts out there. Kids will be wearing it. I don't have a hair in those scissors. Sure. <laughs> I, they, exactly. 
And uh, also, it's there. You know, it's kind of funny. This is complete. This is a little bit of a side topic, oh, but God. there is Clear OS and oh. Clear Linux, which makes yeah. it unclear which one you're talking about. Yes, <laughs> the clear Very one. Good, Michael. The clear one. The clear one, of course. All right, so you teased the audience earlier, Michael, in the introduction. It was me, but I'm going to blame you, and said there's breaking news. There is breaking news to talk about, and that is a change for SUSE. Now announcing on their website that they're going to be acquired and taken private. I'm sorry. (laughs) How many times is this? How many times? Yes. Five or six. I'm not sure. I didn't mean to laugh. It's not funny. It is kind of funny because of the frequency. Not yeah. necessarily. It just that seems it's like happening. a lot, and I haven't been in Linux that long, and it seems like a lot already. Like a lot. Like a, a lot. lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. But the the what's happening is kind of interesting and a little confusing. Okay. Because wait, and, is this uh, just a rumor? Or are we sure this is? 100%? It has been announced on SUSE.com. so it okay. is happening. It is happening. The All reason right. it's confusing is because the terminology they're using is kind of odd. So I'm just gonna try my best to explain it. So right. it says that they're announcing that it's majority shareholder, Marcel Lux, the third Sorrel. Not sure if that's a company or a person. It sounds no, like a person. No, that's my dad. Uh, you wish. It's the and Sorrel the third. The Sorrel the third, for sure. Uh, so the, from going forward, they refer to it as Marcel. So they say they intend to take the company private by delisting it from the Frankfurt Stock Exchange via a merger into an unlisted Luxembourg entity in the mm. legal form of an SA. Interesting. So they're going to take it off the stock market. Yes, they're making it private again. Wow. So this is my point. This is brilliant. This is a brilliant move. In a situation where there's blood in the water with Enterprise Linux, you've got this companies coming together to create this consortium, this League of Legends, if you will. League of Legends. (laughs) No, it's Dota. Yeah, (laughs) uh, uh, it's Dota of Legends. And they're going to create now a private version of SUSE. They're going to take it off the market, kind of restructure the company so that they're ready to kind of take on Enterprise Linux. This is an opening. And when you see openings like this, you got to take it. And RHEL needs to learn from this. Like the, the changes that they made, and I'm talking from the very beginning with CentOS and stuff, have created this perfect storm and people are going to capitalize on it. And you see like, Certain companies making certain grandiose statements of how they would never, Oracle included. And, you know, like this kind of stuff, when you look at their history, you're kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's a Oracle is a fantastic example of, sure, sure, yeah, we believe you, sure. Mm -hmm. In our opinions. But the the whole thing, because there's a lot of lawyers going to be involved in this consortium. Uh, In in Uh, my opinion, I think they're nonsense. But especially when they say that they're, my favorite part is when they were talking about how Oh, they oh Red Hat, you could become downstream of us. How does that make sense when the thing that you run is already downstream of the thing you're telling them? To, like that, it makes no yeah. sense. Well, look, uh, I hope they actually come together, create a different version of enterprise, like pick Susa's version, and then all of them work on it, yeah, and then make it all cool. these things, and then sure. go after Rel that way. I think that's more competitive and more of a fair. Maybe that's what platform. this uh, but, private privatization you know, of the company is going to source. do. That'd be cool. Do whatever you want. Do whatever. Do whatever you want. I, I don't listen. The open the, source philosophy. Do whatever you want. I don't have a mouse on this mouse pad, so let's move on. Jill, I don't have a key on this keyboard. Have you ever played tag as a kid? Yes. I got I in have. trouble a lot with it, yeah. though. Because I I generally pushed hard. It depends on what kind really of tag, tag I shoved. About. <laughs> yeah. Kind of that thing. makes so much sense, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I could see that 
Totally happening. You want to know a true story? Let me share a true personal story here and interrupt your gaming section, Jill. <laughs> it's okay. This is a true story. Uh, I may have had a very short temper as a kid. Okay. This is some people said so. But what happened is we, when you go to high school in our particular area, nobody told me this. When you go to high school for the first time, there was the emblem of our school on the floor and it was a, like a cougar. I think it was a cougar. And the seniors would line up, and as the freshmen walked in, they would frog the freshmen in the arm if mm -hmm. they stepped on the cougar. That was their thing. Yeah. Now, my first day in school, I don't know this whole game. Some kid comes up and punches me in the arm. I'm like, first day of school, got to prove it. And I'm in full in fight in the principal's office, and parents had to come down first day because you're not going to punch me in the arm for stepping on a stupid cougar. And that is See, how what, tag went for me most oh, of the time. That's what the, the, the way you should have ended that story is that when we when he when they when they frogged me in the arm, I said tag you're it with my fist. Oh. <laughs> with my fist. Well, yeah. I didn't like tag as a kid cuz I got I was the kid that was, you know, made fun of cuz they called me the smart kid. I was the nerd. And oh. but I was also good with sports and they <laughs> they didn't like me cuz especially the boys who I would win all the time. How dumb is that to be made fun of for being smart? Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> You're going to make it in life. <laughs> I know. And then, <laughs> when they played tag, they used to actually come up and pull my hair. And I had short hair. So <laughs> that just that just means they like you, Jill. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when I got older, I found out, yeah, that a couple of the guys that used to do that to me all the time had a crush on me. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Boys are dumb sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's no excuse. So yes, of course, we have all played tag. We just talked about how traumatized we've been by it. We've all played tag. <laughs> yeah. Some a little more aggressive than others. Yeah. <laughs> So, and everyone's played tag. Well, now you yeah. don't have to go outside and make friends or enemies to play tag. Instead, you can download from Steam for free the game Extreme Tag. Extreme nice. Tag is a nice casual party game for all. Run it's not from casual or nice. It's extreme. <laughs> it is extreme. And Ryan is going to prove that it's not nice. <laughs> so you run from tag players to stay alive and last one standing wins. And there are three cool modes. Uh, the main game mode is, of course, classic tag, but with a twist. One player is selected after a grace period and has a bomb placed on their head. The objective this is more extreme than I play. <laughs> objective is to pass the now. bomb into another player before you explode. So it's hot potato and yeah. tag at the same time. Hot I like potato, it. exactly, dope. or dodgeball. <laughs> no, that's a fun game. Yeah, <laughs> and um, there's and another. There's another mode. It's called hide and seek, and one player is selected to be the seeker. The other players have ten seconds to hide, and hiders will have a slower speed to encourage hiding on the maps. So that's. Fun. I like how it's taking a bunch of different like classic games and merging them all together yeah. with the idea of slapping your opponents. Absolutely, yes. and this game actually has really simple will graphics. Will Smith make this game? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it has really fun music. And um, what I thought was cool is you can customize your player's shirt, pants, and shoes to, you know, whatever color you desire. And I've actually been playing Extreme Tag in single-player mode, but it would be more fun in a multiplayer. And I would like to definitely play it sometime with Ryan and Michael. Are you challenging us? <laughs> yeah. You throwing I mean, the gauntlet down <laughs> yes. of tags? 
absolutely. So um, although single player mode is really fun, and if you like 3D platformers, it is really a fun romp. I actually like that aspect a lot because I love puzzle platformers. Also, uh, <laughs> another fun romp is the word romp. So yeah. I mean, that's a, true. <laughs> romp is fun. And um, what's cool is you can play tag with other players that are bots. Also, the controls are really responsive using the keyboard and mouse. That's It was actually exceptionally good for a Unity game because sometimes yeah. that can be a little bit of an issue, the sensitivity on responsiveness with whatever, you know, keyboard, mouse, or controller. And, you know, I just, I really enjoyed Extreme Tag. It has fun and quirky music and really cool sound effects and even has a map creator to create your own maps, which... Nice. It's quite sophisticated for a free game. <laughs> yeah, nice, really. Well, this is definitely something we should try out and have like a a, a, a tag a tag extravaganza or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But I just want to say I don't have I don't have a hand in this slap. So let's talk about our <laughs> software spotlight. <laughs> wow, Michael. Wow. Oh. You know what, Jill? I know you tagged us, yes. and we will play this game okay. again. We will. It sounds so much fun, and yeah. our patrons are already saying you're going to destroy us in this game. So <laughs> they've put their bets down, but you cool. have no idea how competitive <laughs> me and Michael can be at tag. No idea. I don't even know because... Yeah, <laughs> well, our software spotlight is EXA. Out with the old and in with the new. That's what I say. Get rid of the old stuff, especially when it comes to the LS command. How boring. LS and it does what it's supposed to do. Lame. Jeez. Lame. I want something. No, LS is awesome. awesome. But we are going to bring in a new era or a new EXA (laughs) of software programs here because EXA is written in Rust and provides by default some improved features for boring old LS. So it kind of tries to do the same thing, list your files out, but by default uses colors to distinguish file types and metadata out of the box, knows about symlinks, extended attributes, and his Git integrations, tree structures, mm-hmm. lets you set the levels so you can do like level equals one, level equals two to get additional information within the tree structures. And it's just a single binary. And it's cool sometimes to try out new and shiny stuff. Honestly, I still use LS because it's just something my brain's memorized. But if you want to be different and check out something new and shiny, check out EXA. It's really cool. I Actually, Ryan, I really like that there is a very pretty text and a tree view option in any app. I am in. Yeah. I love tree views <laughs> because I have so many files and it's it's nice to, it keeps them nice and organized. That's why she uses a, a cozy as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the tree view. <laughs> yes. It is a tree view, definitely. Michael, stop. Stop. But, okay, I'm, you're right, you're right. This so, does seem like, this is a good spotlight, and I think that this was a excellent choice, Ryan. And let's now move on to the tips and tricks of the week. Which Since is also a lot of this episode, excellent. <laughs> a lot of this episode is focused on privacy. Here are some tips for great extensions to use in your browser to have increased privacy. So You know how I know these are great, Michael? Because it's use them every or? extension I have installed. Oh, yes. Oh, it's the only extensions you have installed, right? <laughs> That's, you know, I'm not, well, yeah. Bit, that Bitwarden, yeah. For reference, uh, Ryan has given me a bit of a lecture a couple of times based on the amount of extensions I have installed in my Firefox. And I can say 
I do not have hardly any extensions installed in my Firefox right now, Ryan. Except for TikTok, probably. You probably got that's TikTok extensions That's not an there. extension. There is no thing. The reason why I don't Are have you sure that many... there's not a TikTok is, extension? Now I got to go well, find out. Well, you can create a shortcut. Keep talking. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, let me know because it's very important that Bookmark. we find out this information about TikTok so we can ban that extension as well. So the... The thing is, I don't have the extensions anymore because I installed a new system and I haven't bothered to do it yet, mm. but they pro- I probably will put them in. We have Firefox Relay to sign up for accounts on other sites and provide your email when you have to. You can use Firefox Relay to give them a masked email that isn't actually your email. If you need to get like verification stuff, you can still get the emails from this because it is a forwarder. Privacy Badger is another one Yay. that the the EFF tool that is made to block invisible trackers. Also, there's the DuckDuckGo Privacy Essentials and it forces encryption, blocks trackers, email protections from site capturing information, and a lot of other things like fingerprint tracking and more. And there's also, of course, uBlock Origin to Classic. block all those ads. But you got to be careful you get the right uBlock because there's a lot of people who pretend to be uBlock. Yes, Maybe they I take their that. code and don't contribute back <laughs> Originally, and just rename was, it to be like uBlock Bob, but they're yeah. not really uBlock. Well, there's you know? also, there was a, a situation where there was the uBlock applic- or the uBlock extension that was then handed off to someone because the original developer was like stepping back. That person decided to eliminate the entire purpose of it and put ads in. And then they decided, okay, I'll make a new one. And they took the code back and made uBlock Origin. So that's that's really how that the name of that one came from. You um, cannot say I do not deliver on content for this show when I'm about to list for you all extra content. This was not originally supposed to be in the show. The extensions you can use for TikTok. We have TikTok <laughs> oh. Save, Web for TikTok, TikTok Download Buttons. These are Firefox extensions, by the way. TikTok Container, TikTok Player, Advanced Downloader for TikTok, uh, Auto TikTok Scroller, because scrolling can cause arthritis now, in to, the finger and other things. So to be now, clear, we just want to say that these are not recommendations. They're just... <laughs> you, you <laughs> but can, <laughs> here's a recommendation. If you're going to use TikTok, I like that there's a TikTok container. You could put TikTok in a container, but you don't need a separate extension for that. Just use Firefox's container system and put TikTok in its own container. I think if you're you still utilize need that. the containers... Like the actual container system. I don't know if you can just do it without that. So okay. maybe you need it. Maybe you can. I don't know. Cause I think the Facebook container is like is is so is independent and you don't need yeah. to use the rest of it. Oh. But either way, who knows? put it in a container. Yeah. Seal it. That is a good bury idea. It in the backyard and forget about it. So a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Episode Linux. Is all over the place. I love it. <laughs> However, you do it. Love your faces, unless you eat puffy Cheetos over the hard Cheetos. You're or you chew pants or something. Yeah. yeah those, those, then we don't necessarily love your faces until you change your ways. You can join us on Discord by going to tuxdigital.com slash Discord. Of you're wondering. <laughs> if you want to watch the show live, you can become a patron of Destination Linux and watch it live where we have all kinds of antics and stupidity that happens in between all yes. of the other antics and stupidity. Not stupidity, gold. gold. Golden <laughs> content is yes. what this is. And in addition to watching live, you can also get a lot of other cool perks. One of the things you can get is special <laughs> access to patron-only pieces of the Discord server. And there's so much they have benefit their own there. little area? Yeah, they do. Multiple areas, in fact. And you can go in there, you can hang out with us, get notifications when we go live and that sort of stuff. Like there are so many reasons to become a patron or become a member of Tux Digital. So go to tuxdigital.com slash membership to sign up. I'm going there right now. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. And another thing you should go to right now is the Tux Digital store at tuxdigital.com slash store. I'm going there right now. Yay. Great. You can get store. some swag while you're there, like t-shirts and hoodies <laughs> and mugs and hats and stickers and all sorts of great things at tuxdigital.com slash store. I'm going to look great. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> and you need Fashion. To, uh, <laughs> need to check out all our awesome shows here on Tux Digital. We have the Pseudo Show, This Week in Linux, the Dust Geek Channel, Linux Out Loud, Hardware Addicts, Linux Saloon, and our newest show, Fit and Fueled, to keep not only your minds active, but your body too. And everyone head to textdigital.com and subscribe to all these cool shows. And don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app so others can discover the power of open source and keep those penguins marching in the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. I'm not sure if you went fast enough on that, Jill. Who electrocuted Jill in the middle yeah, what, of that? What was that? that? Was, I was like, Did something break? That was good, Jill. That was fast. You should be an auctioneer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, listen, everybody, I want you to have a great week. A great week. And remember. And remember. That the journey itself. The, the journey, journey itself, itself. Is just as important. Just, just as, as important. important as, as. As. The. The. the Destination! Destination! They said it couldn't be done and I went and did it.